episode, I'm excited to talk about a intuitive tool that I find myself going back to frequently that is just always the little dose of oomph that I need when I'm feeling stuck. And I want to share it with you. This episode is actually going to follow the format of a presentation that I did on intro to intuitive card readings. And we're going to talk about all of it, the the tarot and oracle and how I found cards and why I enjoy them so much as a tool. This is a great episode for anyone who's curious and isn't quite entirely sure to where to start or for anybody who um, feels nervous or intimidated by cards or hasn't found a deck that resonates with them that they feel connected to, but you still just kind of want like the down low on what they are, how they've been used, why maybe they're having such a big burst in popularity currently. We're going to go through all of that. And then as a bonus, there will be a part two to this episode in which I will do a card reading for myself and kind of talk through what that process looks like for me. So another witnessing episode, but specifically with this tool of the tarot. If you have a deck of cards that is gathering dust or um, that's new to you, feel free to like look through them, shuffle with them, play with them while listening to this episode. I'm going to talk first and foremost about how I came to find cards because I am a very, uh, one might say type A kind of person. I enjoy the mystical, but I also have very big question marks about a lot of different things. And I really, really hesitate to believe anyone who thinks that they have it all figured out, or who thinks that they've found the way, the tool, the thing. Um, And so I found cards because they're more playful than that. Because they're a tool for clarity and self-reflection and intuition building, which we'll talk about a lot more in this episode. But I specifically started playing around with cards because it felt like I didn't have to have a proper story at the end of things. Because cards are very open-ended, right? Even in things as wonderful and honestly as privileged as going to therapy, there's like a game plan for my mental health. There are goals that we are wanting to reach. And there are, in some ways, these like conclusions or milestones. And that is good and helpful, by the way. This is not a bad thing. But I started to feel like even my mental, emotional, spiritual health had to be aiming towards something. That... There had to be these these future-focused things that were going to be accomplished. And cards are not like that. Cards are incredibly present. 
again, they're playful. It's literally a deck of cards um, based off of, in many ways, the same cards that we play literal games with. And I just so appreciated having a space where things were rather open-ended and sometimes a little bit vague or could be interpreted a couple different ways. And the more that I did it, the more I learned to trust my intuition. For me, intuitive card readings are good card readings. Personally, I don't believe the cards are telling us anything we don't already know. I just think that the lens and the archetypes and the patterns and cycles that we find in a tarot deck and even a lot of oracle decks are universal to like every life experience. And so then in pulling cards, we kind of help gather perspective in a way that to me feels very invitational, very not too serious. Yeah, very playful. And in generally speaking, very optimistic. I know a lot of people, when they think of tarot, they think of like some of the archetypal cards that can seem so heavy and serious, like the death card or the devil card. Um, but the tarot is actually a, almost like one great big storybook. And sometimes those cards are pulled just to tell us where we are in the story. And after experiencing something that feels like a death, like the end of something that maybe you never even got closure for, pulling something like the death, death card can offer you a moment of that closure that was otherwise lacking. So to me, even the quote-unquote negative cards are in no way negative. There's still just this reflection of what we're experiencing and they enable us to look at things from a different angle or look at things from a different perspective than we maybe would have been able to do otherwise. Like even good self-reflection and journaling and like other good self-awareness practices, sometimes it helps to just have like a third party, literally an objective, an object, third party to say, hey, how about we look at things from this angle? That is how I found cards. I found cards because I was craving play in my self-reflection practices. When I talk about card reading, which by the way, I do do professionally, um, most people assume tarot and I do like to read from the tarot. Again, the tarot to me is like one big storybook. I enjoy studying the tarot. I've enjoyed learning about it. Two resources that I highly recommend uh, to anyone who's looking to get into that like story building element. And again, from this place that is like very compassionate and playful and fun and um, not fear-based, I recommend 78 Degrees of Wisdom, which refers to the 78 cards in the tarot. That's a book, 78 Degrees of Wisdom by Rachel Pollock. I also highly recommend the podcast Tarot for the Wild Soul, 
hosted by Lindsay Mack. Both of those resources have um, been the places that I go to when I have questions about a reading or when I feel like I'm I'm not gathering all of the wonderful perspective that I could be gathering from a reading. Those are the two places I go to first. The tarot deck is, again, kind of wildly popular. It's what we most often think of when we think of a card reading. It is 78 cards. There are major arcana cards or arcana and minor. The minor arcana follows suits. So just like you think of suits like spades and diamonds and hearts, etc., there are suits of a tarot deck. The suits are cups, wands, coins, and swords. The major arcana don't fall into any specific suit, though some of them reflect back elements of the suits, which we'll get to at the end of this episode. But just know that in general, <laughs> there are, that is, that is how a deck is broken down. And the major arcana are often very archetypal. So there's the emperor and the empress. Again, the death, the devil. There's the fool. There's the magician. They represent often these very human characteristics, these very universal life experiences. The minor arcana, the suited cards, tell a little bit more of a story inside of the suits themselves. There are other kinds of cards, though, even though tarot is perhaps the most well-known. There's also Lennermond cards, which I love to recommend to people who want to get into card reading but find the kind of vast history and storytelling of the tarot a bit intimidating. Marie Lennermond was a cartomancer, which just means a card reader, and a psychic. Um, who lived in France in the 1800s, late 1800s, I believe. And um, she created her own deck, actually based off of playing cards at that time. Like there was a new kind of playing card and she took them and she started to do card readings with them. And there are, I believe, 36 cards in that deck. So way, way less cards than the 78 of the tarot. And the... Uh, meanings of the cards are a little bit more straightforward. There's literally a man card, a woman card, a child card, um, a mouse card, a boat card. Can you imagine what the boat means? If you pull the boat, it represents travel and adventure <laughs> and being away from home. It's like often very, very intuitive, very um, easy or straightforward storytelling in the Lennermond. And the readings for Lettermond are often nine cards in three rows of three, with the idea that the cards could be read many, many different ways. They could be read like top to bottom, almost like lines in a page of a book, but they could also be read diagonally. They could be read um, just the border with the center card representing the person who's getting the reading. There's just a lot of different ways that one can go about it. And that is where you can add a bit of depth to the readings. So it's not like these readings don't offer perspective. They just offer perspective in kind of a more unique, 
choose your own pattern, choose your own adventure kind of way. There's also oracle cards, which do not have any set number. Those are also gaining in popularity right now. I think in part because there are so many artists who are putting their beautiful work into oracle decks and they can be about anything. So where the tarot has these traditional archetypes and again this kind of relatively set story um, from you know one to two to up through the suited cards to page to knight to queen to keen etc. The oracle cards can tell their own story and can kind of pick and choose at their own themes. There's an oracle deck that I use that is called Woodland Wardens and it is animal and botany floral based and I really enjoy that deck and it pulls from the themes of the animals and the Victorian themes of the flowers. So that's really fun. It's like somewhat educational in that way. And the artwork is just gorgeous. I truly bought it because I fell in love with the artwork so much. Um, it's just a stunning deck. And so I love that deck. And I probably, I mean, I use it just as often as I use my tarot deck. So there is, there is a deck for everyone, whether you love woodland creatures and flowers or whether you're into like science and astronomy and astrology, whether you are into dog breeds or cat breeds or seasons, herbs, there's all sorts of oracle decks that again, often blend a bit of this like education about the subject, as well as then a deeper meaning, still another way to like find a little extra perspective to whatever caused you to pull the card in the first place. A lot of oracle decks right now are also affirmational. You can find decks that are literally just quotes. That can be a really lovely way to get into card reading if you've been curious or wanting to try an affirmation deck. You just like pull a card each morning or each night and that could just be your affirmation or your mantra, your meditation for that day. That can be a really lovely way to just incorporate the ritual of cards if you're interested in doing so. My personal approaches to reading are telling a story. I believe I've mentioned this, but truly the perspective that the cards can offer are always a reflection of our own narratives, what's going on in our own life and how we're seeing them. So a good card reading, an intuitive card reading, is one that is offering a little more flavor and insight and maybe some new angles to your life story. I use it as a tool for self-reflection and journaling and meditation. And when I give a card reading, all I'm trying to do is encourage people to self-reflect, to consider, to get a little bit curious about whatever brought them to see me for a card reading in the first place. First and foremost, intuitive card reading really only works well, and again, intuitively, If we're practicing self-compassion, if we have that curiosity and we're willing to be a little bit soft with the narratives that we've formed around ourselves or around a situation. And then when in doubt, I choose the more playful option. 
I really do think that the beauty of card reading is that it doesn't have to be so darn serious when so many other elements of our healing in life are very serious ordeals. So, you know, if there's kind of a couple different ways that a card reading could be interpreted or there's a particular card that just feels very like vague or kind of different off theme, perhaps from other cards that were pulled, choose the most playful version of that card. What is the most like that card that maybe doesn't seem to make sense in the rest of the reading? Maybe that's just like the comic relief. And how does that change? Like, how does that little bit of, haha, I see you, change the reading, the perspective that we're trying to gain from the reading? If you have a tarot deck and you're looking for some basic starting points and places, here is what I will leave you with. The suits all represent different timing elements and kind of aspects of life. So the cups represent our heart or our emotions, our emotional health. They're associated with the element of water. And if you're doing a reading about a specific timing of things, they often represent weeks or months. Not quite immediate, but not super long distance. Wands represent energy and creativity. They're associated with the element of fire. Their timing is often soon or sudden, much more immediate. Coins speak to all matters of the physical and material. This can seem obvious, like material wealth, but can also speak to things like physical health. They're associated with the element of earth, and their timing tends to be very subtle, very seasonal. I find that coins often show up when... The timing of something is almost a non-issue. Like it is seasonal, therefore it's cyclical, therefore it will come around again. And so in that sense, it almost doesn't matter the exact timing of whatever the reading is about. The fourth suit is swords. That speaks to matters that are intellectual as well as mental health. It's associated with the element of air. And timing-wise, it is speaking to like long-term future, far, far in the future. I personally don't tend to use the timing element of suits Quite so often, unless I'm doing a reading for someone else and that's a question that they have about the reading. But I do think it can be helpful just to kind of see, once again, that the tarot tells a story and it speaks to like all, all, 
moments of the life experience, like the wands and their fieriness speak to like the immediacy, the present. Cups with their weeks or months speak to, you know, the things that we're maybe still kind of reeling from or the things that we're looking forward to in the near future. And the coins with their earth and earthiness and seasonalness speak to the perspective that we often need that things are a cycle. Healing is a cycle. Relationships go through cycles. Our bodies go through cycles. They just kind of ground us in the reality that all we have is the present and therefore we don't have to overthink the things that we are either just now getting over or the things that we will have to get over in another like six months. And swords speak to that long-term future. They can also, in that same way, speak to like long, long-term in the past. Swords kind of help bookend often a reading um, if we are asking about timing. But I just bring that up as, a, as an example that a good card reading... And I keep saying that. I want to be clear that if that's not how you've experienced readings, it doesn't inherently mean that the reading or the reader or that you in the reading were bad. But again, whenever anyone uses cards in a fear-based way, that's like an immediate red flag to me. If we're using cards in a way to kind of talk to our intuition and to be curious to like want to gain some perspective, some insight, some clarity, some affirmation. That is a much more positive, holistic, and I would say good way to do a card reading. But a good card reading will often kind of ground us in our present experience or whatever we're bringing to the cards. We can bring past experiences and questions to cards. I often do. But it will kind of remind us in some capacity that like our human experience is both so individual to us and also so universal. I also find that card readings tend towards action. This is generally how I interpret a lot of different elements of the story that is told in the tarot. But I do find myself especially leaning on cards whenever I'm feeling stuck or stagnant or confused because the go-to message in your average, even like most basic card reading is often something along the lines of, Any decision is probably better than no decision. Any small action that you can lovingly take right now is probably better than remaining stuck. And so in this way, the story of the tarot reminds us to flow through those cycles of life, to gain perspective not only for our present moment, but from potential future outcomes and from past experiences and past outcomes. It really leans heavily into our intuition. I want to leave you with one more example of that before we do part two. 
The example is I was offered to do a workshop with someone and we were really excited to offer this workshop. It was a, a yoga teacher workshop. It was going to be continuing education for yoga teachers. Really, really awesome opportunity. And she asked, the gal I was going to do it with asked, well, when do you want to do it? Do you want to do it in, in the year that we did? Do you want to do it in the spring or do you want to do it in the fall? And I genuinely didn't know. I didn't have like a strong gut reaction or feeling one way or another. I didn't have any internal insight. My spring seemed just as open as my fall. And I told her, I genuinely don't know. I'm going to go pull some cards on it and I'll get back to you. So I went home and I think I made myself a cup of tea and started shuffling my cards. Uh, Shuffled an affirmation deck. actually didn't use the tarot for that one. And the first card I pulled was about collaboration. And I was like, yes, this is a deeply collaborative thing. And I want to keep that in mind as we think about the timing of things. The next card I pulled was the time is now. It's literally the words on the card (laughs) in that affirmation deck. The time is now. I was laughing so hard over that. I actually sent her a picture and said, how about the spring? How about we do it here at the beginning of the year? The timing seems to be now. When I pulled that card, I laughed. I didn't feel any dread. I was excited. I was like, okay, the time is now. If I had pulled that card, the time is now. And had immediately felt like, ooh, is it? Like, I don't, I don't know. It might be too busy if I had felt a drop in my gut. I would have said, hey, let's wait till fall. I don't think the time is now. The point of the cards isn't to let cards rule our life or go over our better judgment. It's an opportunity to check in with our intuition. When I pulled that card intuitively. I got excited. I was thrilled. Again, I was laughing out loud. I uh, felt joyful. I felt peaceful about pulling that. That revealed to me that doing this while I was so excited to, this collaboration, like just leaning into that while it was both so fresh in both of our minds, that that felt good, that that intuitively was the right decision. If I had pulled that card and had felt dread or anything other than playful, laughing, elated joy about it, that still would have given me such rich perspective and information. So I wanted to leave you with that story because again, I don't think the cards are telling us anything we don't already know. They're just offering us a chance to check in with our intuition. They are truly objectively there as a guide, as a tool. And in some capacity, they're always reflecting back to us the narrative of our own life. They're a storytelling, often very visually appealing beautiful ritual that is tactile. You get to touch it. You get to shuffle the cards. You get to play with the cards. 
And then when you have that moment where you're like, ooh, this card seems interesting or, okay, that was enough shuffling. I, I feel like I just want to pull some cards now. Even, even that kind of thing is deeply intuitive. When I give card readings, I love to let people like touch the deck themselves, cut the deck, split the deck. And I've had people split it and then be like, why do I want to stop? I'm like, I don't know. But we're going to honor that. Like, I'm not here to prescribe or transcribe anything energetic necessarily. I'm really just here to remind myself when I give a card reading and others when I professionally give a card reading that our intuition knows so much. Like we can trust those gut feelings. We can trust those gut reactions and holding space that again is like pretty low commitment, pretty playful, deeply self-compassionate, deeply curious in that kind of space to say, I don't know, whatever your intuition says goes, has been one of the most life-changing experiences for me personally. Thank you for listening. And I hope you're excited to connect with cards if it's your thing. And I'll see you in part two.